Portions of this program may be pre recorded. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. And if, and if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send us your questions at uh, Facebook or Twitter. The handle is at SWAT Radio Talk. That's at SWAT Radio Talk. And we'll try to get uh, your questions answered on the next day uh, if you send them to us there. Uh, but anyway, today is Wednesday. Feels like Tuesday because of the long weekend. Um, and there's been, you know, some stuff going on in the news. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, a, a little bit of stuff going on in the news. Uh, but the best part about today for me was SWAT Bible yeah. started back. And uh, we had a good group this morning out at the beach and another group here today at uh, the Salem Center. And it was awesome because, uh, you know, the guys were excited to be back around each other. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we hadn't met in four months, Taylor. That's hard to believe. Yeah. It's been four months and a lot going on and uh, – ever and i was talking to a guy the other day about it and um you know the uh the one of the issues that we've been having is that we um we we haven't been meeting together in small groups or churches some churches have but a Mm -hmm. lot of them haven't and we've had all this negative fear-based stuff going on in our culture and 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 fear producing stuff and one guy today was sharing with me, and he was showing me a um, a movie clip. Gerard Butler's in a movie coming up. It's like some mm. doomsday apocalyptic movie about asteroids hitting the Earth, or you know, like oh, yeah. uh, like meteorites hitting the Earth, huh. causing this apocalypse. And he said, "Just what we need to really something to the whole family can go to," you know. <laughs> Because everybody, the whole thing, if you turn on the news now, you you know, people think we're in revelations right now. They think yeah. that, that the end is near, which it's closer every day. Um, but, uh, you know, I was reminded uh, today as I was teaching through uh, just reviewing Hebrews, which you'll, you'll hear tomorrow at Jumpin' Jacks at 630. If you want to join us, you're welcome to over on Southside or uh, San Jose Boulevard. But as I was reviewing Hebrews, I was reminded that there was a group of people that said they believed in Jesus, but they didn't really believe in him. They intellectually bought into him. It's like yesterday, you know, we were talking about people think they can believe Jesus is good and that's good enough. Mm. They believe they can know about him and that's good enough. And it's not. It was never meant so you could just know about him or even like what he's done. It's that you've given your life to allow him to take you and put his spirit in you and redirect and basically rebuild you, rebuild you into his. 
instead of yours. Yeah. And and the people in the Hebrew letter that that letter was written to, they didn't get that. A lot of people didn't. And, and so the book is made up of five warnings. And those warnings are uh, given to, to oh, you know, warnings are always merciful. Mm. People that aren't merciful don't give warnings. Mm, yeah. They just yeah. bring wrath and judgment. But God continues to give mercy and show mercy. He's a loving God. And and every warning is an invitation. So if you're out there today and you're listening to this or you're listening by podcast and you reflect on your own life, what kind of warning is he bringing in your life? And how are you responding to that? That's what I was saying today to the guys. Like when you hear God's word demands a response every time, every time his word goes out and um, sometimes you know, people hear his word and they disregard it. That never worked out well for people in the Bible. And there's yeah. a reason for us having the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, and this is really just to get a little bit into the cultural stuff with you before we kind of move into the letters to the church part. This is a problem I have with tearing down history. Yeah. Because if you erase history, you're doomed to repeat it. Mm-hmm. And one guy, I can't remember who said this, but if you take down, if you have no history, you have no future. Hmm. And so as we think about what's going on in our country, do we really want to tear down all the monuments and all the things that we have because people were flawed? If you ever thought people weren't flawed, then you're sadly mistaken. People Hmm. have been flawed throughout time. Yeah, And so... The reason that we celebrate people uh, that we've celebrated in the past is not because of their flaws. I mean, think about it. Let's say I examined every thought you ever had and everything you've ever said, and I recorded it and somebody found it, and you did some great accomplishment, but I brought out all the negative. Nobody wants that to be that spotlight on them. Yeah. But there were a lot of those people that accomplished some pretty incredible things. You and I talked some about it the other day. You know, the reason people celebrate Robert E. Lee is because he was a brilliant military strategist. Yeah. He was. Mm-hmm. And you can learn from people like that. Doesn't mean you have to agree with everything he believed in. Yeah. And uh, the same with Ulysses Grant or the same with Stonewall Jackson. These people happened to be associated with uh something that was very tough on our country and very hard on our country and um but that doesn't mean that you can't learn from them but if you take away all the history you have no future yeah because we we've got to learn and now we're not only taking it away we're revising it we're rewriting it we're Mm -hmm. we're changing things in history to things that aren't factual and that is never a good idea yeah and that's something that's uh, been going on for a while. I remember uh, there's this book called The Maxims of George Washington, mm-hmm. and it uh, was compiled, I think, you know, in the 1800s sometime by people who knew him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a bunch of his quotes. And on when it comes to faith, right before his quotes on faith, it had some quotes from people who knew him saying he's a strong Christian and this and that. But if you get a book, that book published after 1905 or something like that, it has not any quotes about how he was a Christian, but people saying, oh, he was a he was a deist. He didn't really believe in God and stuff like that. So, 
you know, that kind of rewrite of history has been going on for a long time and it's really sad. And I, you know, I think that it's, you, you've seen the effects in what we're doing now, which is to further erase history, but it starts because people didn't really know the history too well to begin with, you know? Well, if you're a believer and you're a follower of Jesus, you should stand for truth, mm-hmm. whatever truth is. You speak the truth, you want truth to be known, and you want it to be known as it was and as it is. Yeah. Um, nobody should be okay with mischaracterizations. And uh, as a believer, we should feel the freedom to speak to those issues. We don't always do that and we you know because of ideology a lot of times we allow that ideology to drive us almost as if the ends justifies the means Mm -hmm. that's not the way it works with god because we know what the end is with him the ends does not justify the means he wants us to be people of integrity to do the same thing when nobody's looking as when somebody's looking because he's always watching yeah he's always there and he allows us to go through things sometimes to test us, mm-hmm. to see how we are going to respond. Like when he told the disciples, hey, how are you going to feed all these people? And it says he said that to test them. He knew what he was going to do already. Yeah. And and I think a lot of times with with what we have going on in our world, we think we have to help God out. Mm-hmm. If we don't do this then we have to, you know, then we may not get it done, whether it's church, whether it's business, doesn't matter. Uh, and so, you know, again, I, I just think uh, we live in a time where we can put God on display in very real ways. But do we believe in a supernatural God? Remember the, those five values of the Chinese church, yeah. God's word, prayer, evangelism, and miracles. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many miracles have you heard about? How many people do you hear talking about miracles? Supernatural. You know, how many people, Taylor, in the last four months have you heard attribute what's going on in our country to demonic forces or even, you know, spiritual forces? Not not a – I mean, it's definitely not a mainstream. No, no, it's know, not, but, not yeah. a lot of people talking mm-hmm. about it, even within the church. Yeah. We talk about how we have to – be retrained and how we have to Mm. do this and we have to do that and not a lot of people talking about praying Mm. not a lot of people talking about asking god for discernment and wisdom and strength against these enemies praying ephesians 6 you know put on the full armor of god the belt of truth the breastplate of righteousness you know the, the the taking up the sword of the spirit and so I think that, um, and then the last thing, embracing suffering, you know, that, that we talked about yesterday, and we're going to get more into that. We're going to finish that chapter today on uh, suffering, and as, as there are a lot of people suffering right now, uh, I think it's probably a good place for us to be uh, for today. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. Uh, before we go, we would like to let you know that you can download our SWAT app in the App Store and that you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That's at SWAT Radio Talk. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing back. Stood on this stage night after night Reminding the broken it'll be alright But right now, oh right now I just can't It's easy to say when there's nothing to bring me down But what will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now. That is Even If by Mercy Me. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are going to be getting into Letters to the Church uh, today by Francis Chan. And we're going to be continuing our discussion on suffering. Uh, we were just in the last segment talking a little bit about um, God's warning uh, to his people and uh, some of the ways that he does that. And then we also talked a little bit about uh, what's been going on in our culture over the last uh, several months and how you don't even hear in the church too much talk about, um, you know, the possibility that these are uh, spiritual forces at work and that we don't hear a lot about praying. And I just want to ask you, Doug, um, if you have any sort of a sense that what's been going on has been a warning to the the country uh, at large that we've kind of been ignoring that we need to uh, uh, turn from our wicked ways and repent, you know, cause I, you know, read in uh, the old Testament uh, so many times where, you know, God sends warnings and the people ignore it. And you think how, how in the world, you know, did they not get that? But it seems uh, to me anyway, that that's kind of where we're at and that God's been trying to warn us and we're just not taking the hint. Well, here's the thing. We live in an age where people capture things on video cameras on their phone instantaneously, and it's all of a sudden an event can happen, and it can be instantly broadcast to people. If it gets to the news, it can be Mm -hmm. everywhere, go viral. It'll be shared. Ten million people can see it inside of a few minutes. 
good or bad, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the media, all media usually focuses on bad. Rarely do you see them putting something out there and it going viral that's really good. There are some, but most of the time it's bad stuff happening. Well, when you think about what happened with George Floyd and what happened with, um, let's say, Blake in Wisconsin, Mr. Blake or or the guy up in Rochester. Okay, these events, the guy in Atlanta, you know, the guy that was running, you haven't heard much about him lately. Have mm-hmm. you noticed that? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's because you're going to end up hearing that that was a justified shoot by that police yeah. officer up there. And so they're not talking about that. Have you noticed that the media hasn't brought that up at all? Yeah. You know why? Because the week before the guy was shot in Atlanta, the DA up there said, that a taser was a deadly weapon, and mm-hmm. he charged two officers for using a taser as a deadly weapon. And so then he turns right around a week later and says the guy shooting a taser at a police officer is not a threat. So so you haven't heard anything about that. So there's being manipulation of things in the media. Uh, and let's face it, there is rhetoric on both sides of every issue it Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what it is education justice whatever it is there's rhetoric on both sides there's inflammatory speech on both sides there's not a lot of people wanting to dialogue about it everybody just wants to get in and i really believe like i said earlier that there's a lot of supernatural under thing under underlying Mm -hmm. activity for instance, have you ever noticed you've been married how long now? A year and a half. A year, year and, and a half. half. Yeah. So only a year and a half. Yeah. But I'll bet you even inside of a year and a half, there have been times in your marriage already or even your dating life where you had good intentions, but somehow or other by the time it either came out of your mouth or what you did, your wife interpreted it as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Have you had that happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Happens to me all the time. Yeah, and vice versa for my wife and me. Well, the enemy wants to do everything he can to create confusion mm-hmm. and disconnection. And so, if Satan or his minions can create uh, a, a situation where I think you're saying one thing, but that's not what you mean, and then we don't dialogue. Well, guess what? We become indifferent to one another mm-hmm. and separated from other another, and instead of wanting to work together, we pull apart. That's what's going on in our country right now. I believe the enemy is a huge part of it, but I believe God's allowing it mm-hmm. for the reason you said to say, you need to wake up. Yeah. You need to return to me because he always did that with his people throughout Scripture. Whenever he wanted to get their attention, he usually got it uh, by circumstances. Whether he brought in the Babylonians, he brought in the Assyrians, mm-hmm. uh, whether he uh, brought in a famine, mm-hmm. whether he brought in leprosy. He used all these different things. Like, remember when uh, when Miriam was getting on to old uh, Moses and saying, you know what? 
who made you king? Yeah. I mean, she's like, who made you? I yeah. mean, we're just as important as you are. And God says, put your hand inside. She pulled her hand out, and it was leprous. She's yeah. like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. God was getting her attention. So I do believe God is getting our attention as a country. As we look around and we scratch our heads, when is this going to stop? Have you heard anybody say that? I, I keep hearing people saying, man, when, are, when, are, when is this going to stop? When are people going to get right when are they going to yeah. stop acting like this i did say this today at swat i thought it was funny because i saw a guy yesterday talking about some of the antifa people and the anarchists that were attacking people who were sitting at restaurants mm. and he said have you ever noticed that they don't attack people that look like they walked out of a gym <laughs> and i thought I've got a friend who's a Navy SEAL out in California, and he's got about 20 buddies. He goes bike riding. They're all SEALs, right? Mm. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun just to get them and a bunch of Marines, maybe 30 guys, and go sit at some restaurants outside and see what happens, Yeah, right? Because you get 20 SEALs and maybe 10 Marines in there and see if you would get the same kind of response. Yeah. Because typically people that are doing those kind of things do it to people they perceive as weak. Mm -hmm. And, um, but then I thought, nah, that's probably not a good spiritual idea <laughs> to do that. That's, that's, that's more the Marine and me. Yeah. But, but yeah, you know, going back to your question, I do think that, um, that God is warning people in this country. And I think just like he warned the Hebrew people that, um, you should, there, there were, we covered three warnings that I'm going to get into uh, tomorrow for you, but for guys today I did. In Hebrews chapter 2, he, he says, listen, don't drift away from my message. Two, in chapter 3, he says, don't waver. Don't waver, you know. Well, actually, he says, don't harden your heart in chapter 3. Don't harden your heart. And he quotes from Psalm 95, and if you go back, uh, to Psalm 95, it is referencing Exodus where the children of Israel hardened their heart 10 times. Mm -hmm. How many miracles did God do in Egypt? Yeah, like with the plagues and the 10, yeah. So 10 times they hardened their heart, it says. And he every time they would do something, they were going to cross the Red Sea. Why did you bring us out here, Moses? Mm -hmm. We're going to die. We would have been better off to be back in Egypt. Yeah. And God delivered them. We get in the wilderness. Why'd you bring us out here, Moses? We're going to die from thirst. You know, we'd have been better off back in Egypt. Ten times they kept saying that. God kept delivering them. And we look at them and go, man, why were they so stubborn? And then we look at ourselves. How many times has God delivered us? How many times has he brought people into our life? I can't tell you, Taylor, the number of times that God moves me into people's lives to share the good news with them, to talk to them about Jesus, only to have them say, yeah, I hear you, but you know what? I'll think about it. Mm. And then and then, time will go on. And the warning is, if you drift away from that message and you don't keep coming back to him, there's a danger of you just drifting apart and never really embracing him. And that's what he's saying in chapter two. I mean, chapter three about hardening your heart. If you just, you become so hardened to it, you just go, you know what? I don't need it. And there's a lot of young people today that if you try to talk to them about Jesus, they don't want to, they mm -hmm. don't want to hear anything about him. Mm -hmm. 
And and the sad part is, I think the reason is not because they're really turned off by Jesus. They're turned off by a lot of people that say they love Jesus that never have shown them what love in Jesus really looked like in yeah. the Bible. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's that's very much a reality here. Yeah. And um, and so as we think about the people that we talked about yesterday in, in Iraq and Iran and China, and we looked at this idea of embracing suffering for the glory of Christ, going wherever, doing whatever God wants, whenever he wants you to do it, think about how much our churches would change if they were made up of people that went wherever and did whatever he said whenever on command. I mean, there there were no excuses, no hands up saying, I can't do it now. Yeah. But they were all in the same way when somebody gets in the military and they're all in. Yeah. They get in and they say, okay, I'm all in. Uh, and they realize that they lose themselves when they get into the military. They are no longer individuals. In fact, when I remember when I was going through officer candidate school, uh, the, the gunnery sergeant said, uh, okay, you're no longer yours. We own you now. Hmm. You're mine. He hmm. said, for the next six weeks, I'm your mama. I'm hmm. your daddy. I'm your everything. He goes, you don't do this without me. You don't do that without me. And that was pretty much true. Yeah. Well, if the Marine Corps does that, why? See, we we have this idea that we come to God and we set the terms. Mm. Well, the truth is God calls us to surrender to him. Yeah. And when you surrender to somebody that's greater than you, you don't set the terms of surrender. They do. Yeah. And the terms are he's absolute as a king in our life. He's not just a priest, and the problem is we want a priest with no king. Yeah, that's true. Hey, stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We will be talking about um, Francis Chan's uh, chapter on suffering some more. Uh, If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. We would like to take this time to uh, give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We will be right back after the news.
joining us we've been talking about letters to the church by francis chan and we are in his chapter on suffering and uh, we've been talking a little bit about what he writes about what churches in uh, other parts of the world look like and their uh, embrace of suffering in the name of christ and to further christ's uh, message in his kingdom um, and how that is uh, quite different than what the church looks like here uh so that's where we are at, and that's where we're going to pick it up right well, now. Well, here, here's the thing, Taylor. All right, think about this. I want you to think in your life, all right, has there been a time in your life where you've experienced persecution, hardship, or suffering, not because of a choice you made or a choice somebody around you made, but because of your love for Jesus? Mm. <laughs> think about that for a second yeah the vast majority of people that go to church in this country go to church they they gather as churches in in america probably hasn't experienced that yeah if you've traveled internationally like i have you might have experienced that, but it wouldn't be normative for you. Yeah. For the believer in China, for the believer in North Korea, mm-hmm. Iraq, Iran, the Middle East, Bhutan, Nepal, India, places like that, it's normative. Yeah. Um I I don't I don't know. I know I use a lot of military analogies because I was in the military and I think about those kind of things. But do you think, let's say there's a guy who gets in the United States military. He stays in this country, never goes, deploys, never goes to Afghanistan, never goes to Iraq. Is he going to have a different perspective on what it's like to be in the military than the guy who's done five tours in Iraq or Afghanistan. Yeah. It's going to be very different. Yeah. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. it is. Now, the truth is that we're all called to have the mentality of the guy who's done the five tours. Mm. And the reason is because it becomes a part of our life. Every We realize that we're in a battle every day here. Yeah. And that when we live for Jesus, it doesn't just mean walking around with a 20-pound Schofield Bible in your hand, waving it in the air, or having a sign that says, repent, for the end is near. God may call you to do that. But more than likely, what he's called you to do more than anything is to actually be in love with him and to, to allow him to function as your priest and king 
leading you throughout your day so that you put him on display to people. And I promise you, if you do that 24-7, you will at some point here in our country experience, at the very least, um, you will experience some kind of, um, it, it may be light, uh, but you will you will experience some kind of hardship related to your love of mm-hmm. Jesus, either berating somebody will make fun of you if you really live that out. But what a lot of us do is we become like Nicodemus and we become secret agent Christians. Mm-hmm. We wear it under the, we become covert. Yeah, and we'll talk about it with other Christians when we get together in our Christian groups, but we really don't like wearing it out on our coat sleeves when we go out in public we just live our life and so virtually the world when they see us they don't see anybody different from the guy who who's a member of the country club Mm -hmm. we're just like them i mean it's a country club thing they just go to church you know oh yeah they they're they're a good guy Mm-hmm. But they don't see people sold out to this idea. Think about this for a second. I was talking with a guy today at lunch after the lunch swat, and he brought this up, and it's true. You know, they talk about red flagging people for not owning firearms, you know, for Mm. different reasons. Think about what we believe. We believe that the creator of the whole universe sent his son who came to earth in bodily form was born inside of a woman without any kind of contact with a man. And that son grew up, did miracles, raised people from death, mm-hmm. healed people that were born blind, did all kind fed 5,000 people with just a few loaves and a couple of fish said he was going to die, died an excruciating, painful death on a cross, and then was resurrected, came Mm -hmm. to life again three days later, walked and saw people, and then left and said he's coming back. And we actually believe that. Yeah. I mean, truth is, we all should probably be red flagged if we (laughs) believe that in a normal sense, right? True? True. Yeah, you, people who don't believe that could make the case that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we believe in an invisible God. Yeah. Even though his acts are not invisible, we've never seen God. We haven't seen Jesus. Mm-hmm. We've only seen the results of Jesus in people's lives. But because of his word, which we have as evidence and we know it, it is uh, solid because people have tried to stamp it out for 2000 years. We believe it. And we've seen evidence in our own lives of what's going on. And so we take this stand, but we have been, I believe diluted here in America in such a way that we're not willing to suffer for him because we were not really bought into the idea that it's going to be there. Yeah. And now think about this for a second. And he brings this up in his study guide. Let's say, okay, I said, Taylor, I want to let you, let me punch you for 30 minutes in your arm. Just punch you, punch you, punch you, punch you, punch you. All right. You're going to go, I'm not going to let you do that. Yeah. 
And I said, I'll give you a million dollars. And I showed you a million dollars in a suitcase. And I said, you let me punch you for 30 minutes in your arm and you can have this suitcase of a million dollars. Would you do that? Oh, yeah. You would. Yeah. You wouldn't even hesitate, nope. would you? <laughs> I'd roll up right? my sleeve. Go yeah. ahead, right here. And you rolled it up. And after about 10 minutes, your arm's hurting. But what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about your arm or are you thinking about the $10 million? The money. Yeah. Exactly. What Paul is trying to communicate in Second Corinthians when he says these are light and momentary afflictions mm-hmm. that are far outweighed by the glory that awaits us, that we are to focus on the eternal, not the temporary, that's what he's trying to get across is that when he thought of um, – heaven while they were beating his back with 39 lashes not once not twice not three times not four times but five Mm -hmm. times can you imagine getting a whip on your back five times 39 lashes i mean that's almost 200 lashes on your back with the cat of nine tails too it it would not have been a fun day Mm. but paul said these are light and momentary afflictions he embraced it he rejoiced in it he saw it as um he saw it as uh, something that was worthwhile that god chose him to allow him to suffer and and even the disciples said that you know they said they praised god that they were counted worthy to suffer now we we're not saying that you should celebrate when we don't want to love suffering just for the sake of suffering, but we find joy in it because we're so in love with Jesus that it's an honor to suffer for him. It's an honor because of what he is and what he's done, who he is and what he's done. Um, You know, Jesus said in Matthew, he said, uh, we are blessed when we are persecuted. Do we really believe what he said? That's his words. Yeah. That's what Jesus said, because our reward is great in heaven. That's that million dollars at the end of the rainbow of suffering. That, And that's what Chan's trying to bring out in his book. And, I mean, if we really stop to think about it, how how much do you think our our decisions would change on a daily basis if we really embrace the idea that what awaits us on the other side is so amazing and so incredible that nothing this earth has to offer in terms of pain is 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 worth letting us keep away from what we've got waiting on the other side. Let me rephrase it another way. What would cause you to walk away from that? Yeah. Because I know people that have walked away from from that for far less. Mm. And for me, I'm loyal. I want to stay loyal to him. And I want to embrace what he's got to offer in the suffering, whatever it is. And, you know, I I just think, and when we come back, I want to get into um, what he says about how we've allowed our compassion for people to keep us from from really speaking truth to them. Yeah. So stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. 
If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. That is Brother by Need to Breathe. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. We have been talking about Letters to the Church uh, by Francis Chan and his chapter on suffering and how we as Christians need to uh, be embracing the idea and embracing the suffering that we may uh, face because of our allegiance to Christ. So if you would like to join us in that discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. You know, Taylor, um, before we went to the break, I was talking about how in the world we live in right now, people in an effort to be compassionate toward uh, needy people, people that might not be making the best choices, it, I mean, it's good to be compassionate toward mm-hmm. people. But in doing so, a lot of them have ignored the holiness of God. And they've forgotten that, you know, whatever God feels about something makes what humans feel very small. Because what God feels is the most overriding Mm -hmm. thing we should be concerned with first and foremost, right? It's not that we shouldn't be concerned about humans, but it's much more important what God thinks about something than what a human thinks about it and in an effort to be sensitive we often will either minimize the truth dilute the truth uh or just just forget the truth mm. and when we do that uh i think it's not really loving for to do that to people at all because true compassion thinks about not just what a person feels but what they need yeah Think about a child, for instance, or a teenager. Are they able to discern what's always best? No, that's why they're at home with parents. Mm-hmm. And the parent sometimes, in an effort to do what's most loving for that child, has to do something that is, first is painful. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, But what some people do in the name of being open-minded and compassionate is a lot of times done out of being a coward or just flat out, you know, they value the relationship more than the person in the relationship. Mm-hmm. They're so afraid of losing the relationship, they don't speak truth because we want to be accepted. And, and we do need to listen to people, but there's a difference between listening and coddling. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference between listening and compromising. Um, if If you think about it, if you looked at Jesus and the way he lived his life, or even the apostles or the prophets in the uh, Old Testament for the prophets, they would have been considered very unloving in the view of most people today, even Jesus himself, right? Mm-hmm. Even though we know Jesus would have been seen as loving. yeah. But Jesus never, ever affirmed sin, mm-hmm. ever. He affirmed people, Mm -hmm. but he never affirmed sin. And one of the things that we're being asked to do today in a lot of places is to affirm a sinful lifestyle choice or affirm affirm not the people behind the lifestyle choice, but the lifestyle itself, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And so even though we may not be physically persecuted like some people, a lot of people um have and rather than deal with persecution of ideas or persecution um emotionally because they're shunned because they don't share the same value system uh people water down what god's word says and they don't want to offend anyone instead of embracing what would come with speaking the truth they just go you know what i'm not going to be judgmental well it's not judgmental to tell somebody the bridge is out <laughs> Yeah, if the bridge is out. yeah. Uh, but if you let somebody drive over the bridge that's out in the middle of the night when it's dark and you don't tell them, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a bad thing, you know? Yeah. So, that would be cruel, not loving. Yeah, right? Yeah. It would be very cruel. And I think again, it gets back to loving ourselves more than those people or even more than god listen to what god says in in john 15 if the world hates you know that it hated me before it hated you if you were of the world the world would love you as its own but because you are not of the world but i chose you out of the world therefore the world hates you remember the word that i said to you a servant is not greater than his master. So if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. So again, if you've not been persecuted because of your love for Jesus, you got to step back and say, why Mm. am I really displaying Jesus in my life? Do people even know if you were arrested tomorrow for loving Jesus, would there be enough evidence to convict you? That's a tough question, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, kind of makes you think. I mean, um, you know, if you go back and you think about, and he brings this up in the book, that, you know, what the Pharisees were doing uh, with the temple was hideous. They made it into a marketplace. Yeah. Nobody challenged them. Nobody was challenged saying, hey, we can't do this. 
they were just blindly following along. Um, they weren't upset. They kind of got used to it as part of their culture. Do you see that happening in our culture today? Yeah. I mean, we've kind of just accepted things. Oh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Nobody tells anybody about Jesus. Oh, it's okay. That's the pastor's job. Nobody, uh, nobody challenging spiritual like values to nobody. Oh, that's uh, watering down the gospel. That's okay. They, you know, it's just different. Um, our commitment to Jesus and his kingdom has to take priority over our, our loyalty to our culture. Yeah. And that's what he says. Uh, our culture is so self-centered in our world today, uh, that whatever we want, we go get, if we want something, we just go get it. Right. We, we don't, um, and marriages thrown away. Uh, wait, I made an oath before God to, to stay committed to this person. doesn't matter that I took an oath. <laughs> I vowed before the creator. Yeah. He'll forgive me for that. Um, you know, this person doesn't make me happy anymore. I, 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 I you know, I can't do this. I have the right to leave because God doesn't want me to be unhappy. I've heard that. People said that. And in mm. fact, nobody has the right to judge you anyway. You just do what's important for you. That's the Disney message. That's mm-hmm. not the Bible message. Yeah. You know, and so um, listen to what Paul says in Philippians 3. I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. Think about that. Could you say that? I count everything loss for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. That word Lord means master. It's curious. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and I may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection of the dead. You could lose everything, your reputation, your home, your possessions. You count that all as trash because it's worthless compared to knowing him. Now, if you were to go in, that was the basis of evaluating individual church members how do you think you would evaluate most places if that was the that was the standard that was the plumb line there wouldn't be a lot of people <laughs> meeting that standard no there wouldn't why that because one we don't hear that we don't hear that at all mm-hmm. in fact it um one of the um biggest uh places in the country th- that touts itself as a church, it's not a it's not a church. Um, that you know, our best life is here and now. Mm. It's not in the future; it's now. Uh, I mean, this is a person who's a best-selling author. People buying books everywhere, uh, and 
I, I, I get that there is a, a desire to be positive. But, man, if you look at Jesus and what he said, yeah, there's a lot of talk of embracing uh, suffering, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I just think that we have to be very careful um, that if you tell people if they believe in Jesus, they're going to have a good bank account, mm-hmm. a healthy life, and everything's going to be better for them this side of heaven. We just don't know. Yeah. It didn't work out too well. And you run the risk of really leading people away from God and and, and growing closer to Christ because you tell them, oh, things are going to be hunky-dory, going to be perfect for you Mm -hmm. here. And then when they experience suffering in trials and tribulation, they're like, well, that, you know, what he said, that didn't work out. That's not really how it is. (laughs) And they walk away, you know? Yeah. It's it's just really... um you know, uh, the, the whole, uh, they call it a prosperity gospel message, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I, I just think that right now people want to believe that because there's no cost involved to that. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, <laughs> I, I, I know we got, we're out of time. We're going to pick this back up Friday. Okay. We're going to yeah. talk about this and we're going to be talking about being unleashed on Friday. Uh, what that means tomorrow john rutherford congressman john rutherford's going to be our guest so i hope you'll listen and hope you'll call in if you have any questions okay yes you should definitely listen tomorrow and friday when i'm back uh you've been listening to swat radio if you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs excuse me past programs please visit www.swatradio.com that's www.swatradio.com or you can listen to our podcast by searching swat radio You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That's at SWAT Radio Talk. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spirit.